0: It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
1: You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beard. Let's get to it, New York. For so the Knicks uh, beat the uh, Brooklyn Nets 124-106. Uh, Massive game from Jalen Brunson. Another 40-point burger. Uh, this one against the Brooklyn Nets. You know they had to feel good. Jay, Josh Hart had, again, one of his best uh, games as a pro. 27 points, 10 for 14 from the field, 4 for 6 from 3. The efficiency between those two guys was just phenomenal in this one. A game that was tight through three quarters, but the Knicks pulled away uh, in the, in late in the third and in the fourth quarter and made this one kind of turn into a laugher. So uh, we could talk about Brunson, and we certainly will. But I do want to start with Josh Hart again because, again, it just—it's—it's it's, really—it's so eye-opening just what he's bringing to the table. Obviously, the shot making is great, and we you, you saw how great he was offensively in this game. But the energy he seems to just bring when he steps onto the floor is just different when he's on the bench, and it seems like it's starting to become infectious. His play, how, how, and why has Josh Hart meshed so well with this team thus far? Because I think that this has gone as good as anybody could have expected for the first two games
0: yeah certainly i mean i, I think we all were expecting good things out of jalen brunson and you know that he would play well he has exceeded those expectations and in a similar fashion it's obviously a very short sample size it's only two games but you could not have asked for anything more than than and and we were higher on on heart i think than most yeah. you know, people concerned about his first round draft pick listen yeah. i think those 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 concerns have been quelled uh, you can put those aside yeah. right now because because the Knicks found themselves a a rotation piece here that's an important player um, as they kind of progress going forward. And we'll see how it all shakes out. Um, Again, you know, keeping on the the hearts and Valentine's theme, this is the honeymoon phase, um, but it certainly (laughs) has been an enjoyable honeymoon uh, this far. And in in terms of the reasons for the success is is the reasons that we were optimistic, um, even if cautiously so, uh, when they acquired him or even discussed potentially acquiring. He just brings the things that you need to win and that this Knicks team in particular needs to win. Defense on the perimeter, rebounding, especially on the defensive glass. Um, Knicks have plenty of good offensive rebounders, but sometimes their guards can give up too many long rebounds and and, and they can get taken advantage of that way. Um, And, you know, just filling the holes, Um, you know, patching up, you know, defensive mistakes. He's he's loud offensively. Even taking fouls. There was one play where he really fouled Nick Claxton hard instead of letting him get a layup. That's something we haven't seen enough. Just those smart basketball IQ decisions um, that have led to, you know, every coach that Hart has ever played for has raved about him. From Jay Wright uh, to Chauncey Billups calling him literally the heart and soul of the team a few months ago. Um, yeah. And that's kind of what we've seen from the Knicks. Really, the the three-point shooting was the biggest question mark we had. Um, I look back on the numbers. Over his last 15 games with Portland, he was 8 of 40 from downtown. Wow. He's 6 of 9 for the Knicks. So um, I don't know if, how how excited or sustainable that aspect is, but he's been a solid, basically league average three-point shooter. Um, so you don't expect him to shoot 50% anywhere, anywhere close from downtown. But if he can make 37%, you know, 35%, something in that range, um, he certainly can keep defenses honest at least. He's not somebody um, unlike a Ben Simmons where you can forget about him on one hand of oh, the geez. court. Um, and uh, we can talk about that as well if we want to press some Nets fans. Um, But, yeah, just (laughs) everything that you hoped Hart would bring to the table, he's done that and some more.
1: Yeah, I mean, I thought that he sets the tone. To me, he always sets the tone with his physicality. So I think that when you mentioned the fouling on Nick Claxton, who we know struggles at the free throw line, uh, kind of setting the tone for when he sets on the floor. Like, Nick started this game pretty well because Brunson was just red hot again. Um, But as that second quarter kind of got out of hand, Um, The Knicks got down a little bit in that second quarter. I think they kind of came back partly because Hart kind of reset the team. Um, The way he played in the third quarter, obviously, in the fourth quarter was just spectacular. And he just brings an edge. You know, I think that there in some ways, I think that even though maybe Grimes and maybe Barrett have more talent than him, I think he is such he's such more of a veteran and he's had so much more experience. and, And he has a higher basketball IQ than those guys right now that in some ways he's more effective than those guys right now. So um when you're playing with other good players, because he's playing next to Randall, he's playing against next to uh next to Brunson, he 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 thrives playing next to those guys. And then when he's playing with the backup guys, whether it be a top end, whether it be a Hardenstein, it seems like to me he's lifting those guys up in terms of how they're playing as well. Um Hardenstein was plus twenty nine in the game last night. Uh, he made all of his field goals. He was uh exceptional in the game. As well, Emmanuel quickly in just 28 minutes, 14 points, four for eight from three. Uh, he's played well next to Josh Hart. So it, it really feels like just um, his presence on the floor. You know, we kind of forget that this is a, a pretty young team, at least the, the the players that are playing. You know, Fournier and Rose are the you know, the oldest guys on the team. Those guys don't get any minutes. So everyone else that's playing are essentially young players. You could say maybe Randall and Prince are maybe in their prime. But um, but any kind of veteran presence you could bring on a team like this is gonna help. And I think to me, this is feeling a lot like what the Derek Rose trade was the first year the Knicks uh, made that trade. Where the Knicks were playing pretty well, but it was clear they needed some like veteran seasoning, a guy who's been there before, um, and a guy who kind of just knew what it took to win. And Rose came in and you see how he just changed the team. Like the team went from being a team that maybe could make the playoffs to so like, okay. This is like definitely a playoff team that can maybe. Uh, you know maybe get to that fourth spot potentially which is what they did. This Josh Hart fate trade feels like that. You got a guy who's a veteran who knows what he's doing. And now you look at his team and say, okay, this was a decent team that maybe they could sneak into the playoffs. Now you say, okay, this is a pretty good team and now you wonder what they could do once they actually get there.
0: A hundred percent. And we'll have plenty of time to talk about it over the next two months and we'll talk about it next week when there aren't games particular you know games to discuss when, when teams are off in the old side break. But just thinking big picture. If you're one of those top four or five teams in the in the east, you do not want to play this Knicks team in the first round. Um, and no. I think that's what Tibbs wants. I think that's the identity he's tried to preach in State one, and now he has the dogs to put out there. Um, you know, you do not want to you, you know, they'll be they'll be definitely be the underdogs, and it'll be a fight to, yeah. to win a couple of games and to, let alone win the series. But again, they're gonna compete and, and they have a puncher's chance. Um, uh, as far as, as far as Hart goes, um, and you mentioned Hartenstein as well. Like they just, those guys complement each other's game terrifically, just pair yeah. so well. We saw, um, Hartenstein hit Hart with the backdoor pass for a layup, um, yeah. threw one pass a little bit low, but expect to see that a lot more. Um, Hart's a good cutter. Hartenstein's a great passer, especially from the high post, sees the floor well, plays really well by other players with high basketball IQ, like, I like Emmanuel quickly, um, the iHeart J Hart combo has locked 48 minutes together over these first two games. Knicks are plus 36. They've outscored their wow. opponents by 36 points. Um the offensive rating is like something like 154. Again, small sample size, um, artificially boosted by Hart knocking down every shot that he takes. Um, but uh, you know, there there's the defense is gonna be consistent. Um, you know, that's what something he's gonna bring every night. IQ again. Um, you know he's kind of lost in the shuffle um, with, the, with the Villanova brothers hoopla, but it, he continues yeah. to do all the right things. His defensive, you know, his his mind defensively, the way he can double down, dig down on big guys in the post, and run back and and find the open shooter is just really something um, that you don't see every day. It's, it makes him a very valuable contributor. Um, we know he's going to knock down three, so he's going to contribute on both ends of the floor. Um, so there's just a lot to like there. Um, and uh, yeah, it, the Rose point is a very good one. Somebody had mentioned on Twitter is this the best mid-season acquisition since, you know, and then you could definitely put Rose in in that conversation. Yeah. Um and you know, to your point, the reason why the Knicks are not just a, you know, trending towards not just a okay, a playing team but, you know, a playoff team potentially. Um and, and and a scary playoff team at that is they've had the best mid-season acquisition um in in, you know, outside of Rose in, in many a year and the best free agent acquisition they've had potentially in the, in the franchise's history, um, you know, it's up there with the Al Huston's and the, and the, And the Masons and the Starks and and those guys and Brunson, again, small sample size still is a ways to go. Um, But we know the Knicks have not had much success in the in the free agent market, especially um, this millennium. So, uh, you know, you you pair those two guys together, the chemistry they have, the chemistry Hart is already creating with Hardenstein. Um, And Knicks fans are optimistic, very optimistic. And they actually and they have reasons to be so. Um, This is a fun team to watch, an exciting team to watch. Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America, NA, member FDSE.
1: Yeah, and and you mentioned the the Brunson signing. I mean, I've been saying since December. I think one of our first episodes, I talked, I first about a topic. Hey, is Brunson the best free agent signing since Allen Houston? I mean, now that's starting to become more and more like a reality. Forty points in this game. And he's starting to make this look easy. That's what's kind of scary. And I tweeted last night. I was like, "Look, we kind of read Jalen Brunson is 26 years old again. Because some of these guys have played in the league for a long time, we kind of think these guys are older than they are. I mean, he's entering his prime. He's not even really in his prime yet, per se. Uh, there's a chance there maybe maybe another step to his game that he can that he can reach. And what we talked about kind of before we recorded today is what I like. What I've seen from Brunson is he's whenever there's a big game or a big situation, it seems like he can tap into a different level of his game than we see normally when he plays, which is already a pretty high level. We saw it in the playoffs with Dallas where it became, you know, it was time to pay up and he knew he was going to have a big playoff series to get the money he wanted in the off season. We saw how he played against Utah. Um, we saw now he has not made the all-star game. It's a catastrophe that that has not happened. And we've seen since those off, since not making the all-star game, the numbers he's putting up, they're like Dame Lillard, Steph Curry type numbers. I mean, he he's playing at an elite level. When it comes to point guard play, when I start to look at the rest of the point guards in this league, he ranks way higher than I think maybe people would have said coming into the season. I think if you told someone, hey, maybe he's a top 10 point guard, some people would roll their eyes. Some people would say, I don't know about that. I mean, he's locked top 10 point guard right now. But now I'm wondering, hey, is he top seven? Is he top eight? Is he top six? Like, he's playing that well right now. I mean, how do you rank Brunson with the rest of the point guards with the way he's playing so far? Yeah. Um,
0: just to, and, and to your point, the fact that you know, last year at this time, you know, thirteen months ago, he was a six man on a on a middling yeah. you know, on a, on a five hundred team, and and still, um, we've said it before and we'll say it again. It's mind boggling that the Mavs had this guy in their building for three and a half years. And Rick Brunson came to him and said, you know, last January and said, listen, I'll, OK, before we, you know, let's before we, you know, figure out in the offseason, four years, 55 million, we'll sign it. And the Mavs said, nah, we'll wait. We're good. You know, um, yeah, and you have to just it, 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 it's amazing that yeah. they, they made that mistake and, and they're paying for it dearly. And it's benefited the Knicks a great deal um, in terms of his production. This month has been off the charts Um, Since It it just happens to coincide with the the league's announcement of the All-Star Reserves. That was February 2nd. Knicks have played six games since then. Brunson averaging 32.5 points, 6.3 assists versus just 1.2 turnovers. It's something we don't talk about enough is how well he takes care of the basketball. While shooting 60.9% from the floor and 55.9% from downtown, that's mind-boggling efficiency. We didn't, we, we, you know, last night the 40 points, zero assists, first player in Knicks franchise history to score 40 plus points uh, while shooting above 70% from the floor without committing a single turnover. A single turn yeah, turnover, yeah, uh, right, just there's yeah. just the 14th player franchise history to match those numbers. Uh, you know, 40 points, 70 shooting, and zero turnovers. Um, you know, this month he's averaging more points than Joel Embiid, he's averaging more assists than Fred Van Vliet, he's shooting a higher percentage from the floor than Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's quite <laughs> literally playing at, at a level I don't know. We've seen you know, Marbury never played at this high. Um, do we have to go back to Walkley Frazier, you know, for a two week or a month stretch? From a point guard. Um, we might have to. That that's how it's well, you know, Michael Ray Richardson. You know, we gotta there's, there's some conversations to be had yeah. um just as well as he's playing. Um the question you bring up is a very interesting one as far as best point guard in the NBA. Um, when you have that conversation. Is it, you know, uh, Jalen Brunson's been better than Trey Young this year by any standard measure, you know, period, point blank, far more efficient. Um, You know, they they both have flaws defensively, but, you know, just he's been a better player. Does that, that, you know, if we're saying he's, if we're ranking the top 10 point guards this season, uh, Brunson's far ahead of Young. If you're talking about best point guard in the NBA, nine out of 10 GMs, I assume would still take Young considering his age, scoring ability. Um, ability to distribute, right. um, you know, all those other things. I'm not. I'm not saying that's right. Um, and, and again, when you when you factor in leadership, um, ability to perform on the big stage, Young has also played really well in the postseason as well. All that stuff gets right. gets gets factored in. But there are very few point guards that have played better than than Jalen Brunson the season. You know, ste- outside of Steph Curry, John Morant. Um, I'm not sure if you can say anyone definitively has had a much better season than than uh, than.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, Steph, Ja, i say definitely. Um, but then it gets, I mean, it starts to really, start to really kind of hem and hawk the next guys. I mean, okay, Kyrie Irving, I mean, statistically you could say yes. Okay, maybe I'll give you him. Right. Uh, what do we think about Tyrese Halliburton? I mean, Halliburton, great assist guy. Uh, yep. Brunson, a better scorer. Um, what do we think about uh, De'Aaron Fox? Their numbers are pretty similar. Uh, yep. Both guys have been having tremendous seasons. But, uh, you know, I don't think Brunson's that far off. You know, and, you know, James Harden, is he a true point guard? Like, n- then you get into the questions about some of these other guys where it's like, are they even real point guards? Brunson, right. to me, uh, definitely a top-ten guy. And I agree. I think he's had a much better season than Trey Young this year. And to think think about even just how the point guard landscape changed in the offseason, or even think about the last few seasons. Like, Milwaukee had to give up three first-round picks to get Drew Holiday. Like, the the the, the Hawks had to give up three first-round picks to get another point guard in Jontae Murray. Like, the Knicks just signed this guy with cat space. Like, nope. like, and I know, you know, and then and they traded, you know, some, some guys that were right. contracts and, you know, second round picks that they had to clear the cap space. That's it. They didn't give up any massive assets for a guy that's averaging 30 something points a game in the last month of the season. Like, I mean, this, this is a absolute coup by the New York Knicks. The fact and, that and, this doesn't get the- talked about enough, enough is and, crazy. And the contract they signed him to, you know, my assumption was they Reasonable, would have right. like 125 million,
0: which, you know, it makes them a middling team. Again, too, I I certainly didn't expect this from Brunson. Um, but the fact that they got him for essentially hundred million, I think he's the seventeenth highest paid point guard or sixteenth in the in the league this season. Um, when you add that value on top of the uh, of the production, it really is startled.
1: Yeah, I mean he he's 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 a star. I mean that's all I mean we talk about you know like you know when the Knicks are gonna get a star player and we know we didn't need a real superstar and I'm not saying Brunson's there, but I mean they signed a star player this offseason. Um that's why he he should be an all-star and we'll see what happens with uh with Jalen Brown and whether or not he plays. If he doesn't play, I would think Brunson would be the next man up, but again, who knows what Adam Still was gonna do. But it's I mean, it it was it was crazy. And it's funny because the last game. We talked about it in the podcast we recorded yesterday that, you know, because the Nets essentially didn't really have much defenders in the backcourt, that maybe this is a game Brunson gets off. You don't have to worry about Kyrie as well. And here you go, 40-point burger against Brooklyn. And, you know, the losing takes over. And the other thing we talked about is the the the, the Nets are going to put their best – might put their best defensive right.
0: player on Brunson. They put Mikael Bridges on him, who's universally regarded as one of the elite perimeter defenders in the NBA, uh, if not the best. Um, so for Brunson to do that against his former buddy, um, I'm just looking at the point guard list. Luka Doncic, obviously better, better than Brunson. I don't know if you want to consider him a point yeah, guard. Yeah. I, I
1: hate um, calling those guys point guards. Like, I to agree. me, he he's like, he's not, a, he's a guy who, who brings the ball to court. But I don't call him up. He's not a point I, guard to me. But, I agree. You know. Le, uh,
0: LeBron, you know, basically runs the point for, for right. Lakers. He's not a point guard, you know. Um, Dame Lillard, obviously, in the conversation. Chris Paul. Brunson's had a better year than Paul. More durable, obviously. Um, Drew Holiday, better two-way player if you want to factor in defense, etc. Um, Darius Garland's having a good season for the Cavs. Could, could certainly make a case.
1: Yeah. Um, cool. Those
0: are the names you're going to get in the conversation. But, again... Have any of those guys played definitively better than, than Jalen Brunson? It's hard to argue that they've, right. that they've clearly, you know, are, are a step above based on production during the 2023 2022 23 NBA season.
1: Yeah, some of these guys to me is just their name and their stature, yes. what they've done in yes. you know, previous seasons. Like we yes. know some of those guys are superstar players, star players, but when you look at production, what they've done this season. There's not a lot of point guards you can say are better than Jalen Brunson. I mean, to me, like I said, if I'm raking him, I think he's finding my he's finding a way to my top ten easily. Yeah. Oh, now, look, where yeah. Where is he going Where he goes beyond that. I mean, I don't know, but I I would think he'd be somewhere around the seven or eight range the way he's playing. I mean, the Knicks are getting an absolute tremendous play from him. I mean, you did talk about uh the Nets real quickly and, and watching this game. Um, this was an interesting game in terms of just like how everything worked out in terms of this was, you know, the Knicks may blow these guys out early. Then Nets kind of had a really good second quarter. Coach Dinmuth was really good. Then the Knicks pulled away in that second half, pretty much dominated them the rest of the way. I, I said in the last podcast, this was a, not a Nets team I worried about in regards to them, Nicks being able to catch them in the standings. Like, last night was just confirmation for me that this is a good Nets team, but that they're going to have problems, I feel like, closing games. When games get tighter in the second half, fourth quarter, when you need to get buckets, we need to stop, a certain star player who's just going off. You need to have somebody that can answer that. And to me, like that game last night showed that they don't have that player. And they'll beat a handful of teams who, but just by how they defend, how hard they play, um, how together they play. Because I think they played a pretty good game. But they're going to have trouble against really good teams. And I think that when you look at these standings now, only three get back in the loss column. Nets are going to be a little bit of trouble to stay out of that playing.
0: Agreed. Um they're a scrappy bunch. They they play the right way. They share the ball. They're good defensively. They knock down three pointers. Um they at least they certainly did last night. Um it's kind of funny the, you know, and we talked about it on Monday. They're reminiscent of that 2018 19s Nets team that, you know, before they got Kyrie, you know, up and coming players and, you know, you know, um, (laughs) the funny thing now is they, the Nets have all these great ancillary pieces. Now they need a superstar like KD or (laughs) or Harden or somebody um, to kind of be that closer for them. Um, you know, so that, that's that's going to be the question for him. You know, they're going to be nights where, where Dinwiddie um plays as well as he did in the second quarter and the fourth quarter. Um, uh, Mikhail Bridges played poorly, especially on the offensive end last night. He'll play much better in games ahead and they'll compete and they'll stay in games. But you're right, um, you know, they're they're only uh, I believe they're two games ahead in the standings now, um, ahead of the Knicks. Uh, I can double check that real
1: quick. Yeah, two games. Yeah, three back in the lost column, but two games overall, I believe.
0: Right. Right. So, you know, are they going to, you know, assuming the Knicks play a couple games, they are five games over 500 um, through 55 games right now, or 54 games, whatever the case might be. um, Are the Nets going to be able to match that? Are they going to be able to play above 500? Um, Assuming even the Knicks play 500 ball the rest of the way, it's going to be a challenge for them. Um, I don't, I don't think they're going to lose six in a row, um, but, you know, stringing together that 18, 18 and two, 20 game run that they had is, is not coming anytime soon. Um, You know, with KD and Kyrie, not no longer there. So um, yeah, I think there's a very realistic possibility, if not a probability um, that the Knicks can make a, a, a significant run uh, at the nets um, last night mattered, obviously um, to, uh, you know, to bring them within two games um, and they play again, I believe one of the first four or five games after the break um, is, is back in New York against Brooklyn. So that again, will ha- will, will have uh, increased uh, significance uh, as we start calendar watching the other thing to note um, heat lost last night uh, to yep. Denver, um, they they uh, and the Hawks got uh, gave up 144 points to the Hornets and lost. Um, so now the Knicks are uh, just a half game back of the Heat. For that, the, the Heat are in the 60. and they're two and a half games ahead of the Hawks. Um, Wednesday night, Knicks will uh, uh, travel to Atlanta for that final game before the All Star break. Um, if the Knicks could somehow, you know, go into the All Star break on a real positive momentum and beat Atlanta, they'd be. Three and a half games ahead of the Hawks um, in that seventh and eighth spot, um, going into the, going into the All-Star break, potentially tied for six, depending depending on how Miami does these next couple of days. So, um, certainly reasons again reasons for Knicks fans to be
1: optimistic.